Welcome to Step Up to the Microphone. It's a great day to be alive. Hopefully you are having a great day. Uh, I know I did. So, it's our weekly Keep It Simple episode. This week we're going to do Nehemiah 6, and we'll just stay in Nehemiah 6 the whole time. It's a pretty important chapter. Talks about a whole bunch of stuff going on with Nehemiah and his enemies. So we'll get right on into this. Really don't feel like we should do news today. We should just focus on keeping it simple and staying in God's Word. So let's roll with this thing. This is the conspiracy against Nehemiah. I'm reading out the ESV version on the Blue Letter Bible app today. If you want to follow along. Now when Sembalet and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sembalet and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakafirim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. Now Ono is about 40 to 50 miles away from Jerusalem. So most likely they were looking to find a way to attack them whenever Nehemiah would leave to go. But let's get back into this because Nehemiah didn't go. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave and come down to you? So Nehemiah refused to leave. He refused to meet his enemies. And they, they did this four times. As we see in verse 4 it says, And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered in the same manner. So four times they did this. They requested to meet him. They couldn't catch the hint that he would rather do God's will than go meet with his enemies. Which, yes, he did God's will. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. He built the wall. And did not stop work to meet with them. So now we get into verse 5 here, and here's verse 5. In the same way, Sambalat, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. Open letter is kind of like a Facebook post today, or any kind of social media post. Open on your wall for everyone to see. Something that shouldn't have been sent, got sent. It was written, and it was written, and is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel, that is why you are building the wall, and according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, and that now the king will hear of these reports. So now come and let us take counsel together. Again, they had to change up their game this time. That's what they had to do. They said, well, we can't get them to meet us out here to take care of them. So we're going to make false claims and lies about them. Kind of like something that happened the past four or five years with a certain leader. You got to make false claims about this man and lie so that maybe he'll stop doing what he's doing and we can get control of Jerusalem again. That's what it's always been about with these people, with all the people warring. They want control of Jerusalem. So let's continue. Verse 8 Then I sent to him, saying, No such thing as you say have been done. For you are, inventing, you are inventing them out of your own mind. 
Again, that sounds a lot like what's been happening in our past four or five years. But I digress. But Nehemiah put them in their place and set the record straight and let them know he had no intention of being king or having an uprising against Artaxerxes. No way. He was not going to do it. He, was, he knew he was subject to Artaxerxes and the penalty for that would be death. So he did as he promised. He kept his word. Which is again a sign of true leadership. We're seeing Nehemiah is a very good leader. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking, this is verse 9, Their hands will drop from the work, and it will not be done. But now, O God, strengthen my hands. So the enemies tried putting fear into Nehemiah and the Jews, hoping the gates and doors would not be installed. Nehemiah knew that only God needed to be feared. So he didn't fear these people. He knew what they were trying to pull. He didn't fear them. He let them know he didn't fear them. He kept on working, kept on doing what God sent him to do. That's very important. He didn't sit there and get distracted. They were sending all these flashy distractions to him. And he said, nah, we're going to get the work done. This is what God wants done. This is what we're doing. Get over it. As you see, Nehemiah never backs down. He doesn't bother lies. He keeps on going. He plugs forward. He doesn't stop. He knew what the goal was. He knew what the mission was. And he stuck to it. Something that is, that's a sign of leadership. That's a sign of trustworthiness. So, verse 10. Now I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, son of Methabel, who was confined to his home. He said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors to the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. So now we have a supposed prophet telling him, Hey, look, things aren't going well. You really need to hide. You need to hide in the temple, of all places. You need to hide from these people. They're coming to kill you. They want to assassinate you. They want to take you out. They don't like what you're doing. You're giving people hope. You're giving people peace of mind. They can't have that, so you need to hide because... They want to kill you. They want to kill you. They want to end this. They want their control and their power back. Now, what do you think any other man's response would be? Because Nehemiah's would not have been our response. But he said this. This is verse 11. But I said, should such a man as I run away, and what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood and saw that God had not sent him but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambala had hired him. So this prophet was hired. He was a hired gun to take Nehemiah out, to trick him. Again, another plan to take this man out. Do you see how the devil works? If the first plan doesn't work, he goes to the second. If the second plan doesn't work, he goes to the third. Then he'll have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, an eighth, a ninth, a tenth, going on and going on. He wants to get his way. He's going to do whatever he takes. He'll use prophets. He'll use leaders of the area. He'll turn good people bad. He'll use your weakest point to turn you. But Nehemiah stays strong, you see. He continuously tells them no and continues to tell them that he will not back down from doing what he's been called to do. He stands up. Much like we need to do nowadays. And I uh, 
for this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in this way in sin, so they can give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Well, that says a lot right there. You have to remember, he is a Jew. It would be illegal for him to go in the temple because he was not a Levite. He was not from the tribe of Levi. So, they could have used that against him to turn everyone against him. And they would have. You see the plans. The devil says, well, this doesn't work, so let's do this. That doesn't work, so let's do this. He won't stop until he gets his way. If he doesn't get his way, he gets very cranky, very upset. Much like a young child that just woke up and didn't get a donut in the morning. He just throws a temper tantrum. Now this is verse 14. Remember Tobiah and Sambalat, Oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess, Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. So, he prayed to God, and he was fervent in prayer. He stayed in prayer, which you need to do in a situation like this. It is imperative to stay in prayer. No matter what, be diligent in prayer. It helps get the goals that God wants done. It helps the communication, because you pray to God, Hey, what do you want me to do? What's your will on earth? And you sit there and you listen. He tells you. You follow through. He makes the protections necessary for you to follow through, as long as you sit there and listen and do his will. So Nehemiah was very good at that. He understood that this was God's will, and it had to be done. He couldn't have any distractions. Even if it meant that there's going to be a false attempt on his life that they want him to go meet 40 to 50 miles away, that he had to sit there and buy the Jewish people out of slavery, like he did in the previous chapter. They had to not take the food given him so that the people could eat. He had to show them what a true leader was over and over again, and he had to stay in prayer. He had to keep that close communication with God. I mean, it isn't more simple than that. That is very simple. So let's continue. Now this is important. This is the timing. This is timing and knowing God's timings in his calendar is very important. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days. So Elul, what time of the year is that for us? Well, if you look at the Jewish calendar, that is around August to September. That'd be our ninth or 10th month. Well, we know that the Hebrew calendar starts around March, April, or May, depending on Rosh Hashanah, depending on their harvest moon. So, this was Elul. That was the time for this. That's when this had been finished. Just like it's important to understand that according to the Jewish calendar, according to the Hebrew calendar, our date is changed evening and morning is the second part of the day we've forgotten all these things over the time but I digress so let's get back into this let's get back into Nehemiah 6 when all our enemies heard of it all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem for they perceived that this work had been done accomplished with the help of God so the nations were terrified now they used to think they're oh we're awesome we're gonna keep the Jews down we're gonna keep Jerusalem down but they saw this had happened 
they remembered the things of the past. They remembered the Red Sea. They remembered Jericho. They remembered Caleb taking down the giant. They remembered David and Goliath. They remembered Israel's past. It put great fear in them because they knew that Israel's God was the true living God, that he made all these things happen, that that's the only way they could have happened. So they were terrified. And I could only imagine what they had thought. Because as, as we see again, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So, yes, they were ter terrified of Yahweh. I, mean, I would be too. He's the only God to fear. None of the others are real. So we know Yahweh's the only God to fear. <clears throat> Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah. And Tobiah's letters came to them. So even the nobles of Judah were against the, the wall being built in Jerusalem. He had such an uphill battle in this that it just, it's amazing he got it done. And the only way he could have got it done was God doing what God does. Giving him the protection and understanding and discernment to get it done on how to do it. You don't get something like this done without the hand of God there to guide it. You just don't. There's no way to get this done without God being in it. And that being what God wants. So let's continue. And we see that they had a good old boy system there in Judah. As we see in verse 18, For many in Judah were bound by oath to him, because he was the son-of-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Jehanan had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, as his wife. So they had a good old boy system. That's why they loved Tobiah. That's why they listened to him and gave him letters. And that helped plan everything against Nehemiah. But Nehemiah stood up. He didn't back down. Also they spoke of his good deeds in my presence and reported my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. So, yes. They did everything possible to scare Nehemiah to keep him from doing the work of God. Everything. They used every fear tactic they could think of to keep this from going down. And they failed every time. You can't beat someone that's doing the will of God. You just can't. You can try. You can try again and try even harder. But if they're truly listening to God and following His will and doing it the way God says to do it, you can't beat them. It's impossible. It is humanly and spiritually impossible to beat Yahweh. Always has been. Unless he just lets you beat him. And he might let you do it so he can show everyone what you really wanted to do. To open people's eyes. But as we see in this instance, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah followed the will of God. He followed it to the T. And he wasn't going to be stopped. Didn't matter what they tried to pull on him. He was not going to be stopped. He had the grace of God and the grace of the king Artaxerxes. So here's the basic synopsis of this chapter. The wall was almost complete, only needing doors and gates at the beginning of the chapter. Remember that. The enemies of Nehemiah tried tricking him several times, four times, and the fifth time in an open letter, claiming he was trying to get the Jews to rebel so he could be king over them. 
in Judah. He called them out on it, on it and let them know who was boss, that God was boss. They even sent false prophets to try to trick him and to get him to fear an assassination attempt and have him hide in the temple. He knew he wasn't a Levite and he knew he could not back down to them. He knew he had to stand his ground. The wall was finished around August to September in the month of Elul. And it terrified everyone in the area because they were afraid of the Hebrews' God, Yahweh. They knew what had happened in the past. The nobles were, were not loyal to Nehemiah. They were loyal to Tobiah because of the good old boy system. And they did everything they could to help Tobiah scare Nehemiah. This is why it's so great to have men of resolve. This is so great why having a leader that actually leads by example is necessary. Because you get things done. Things get done. And things get done in a timely manner. And they have a plan for every contingency. They don't sit there and just say, oh no, we can't get it done because they did this, this, and this. They have backup plan after backup plan to beat the devil. And these plans they have come straight from the big guy upstairs himself. So, there's that too. Now, I do feel it's important that we read verses 1 through 4 of chapter 7 because that ties into chapter 6. And I don't know why they separated it. Now, when the wall had been built and I would set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites had been appointed, I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem. He was a more faithful and God-fearing man than many. So he found the most faithful and God-fearing man possible to be in charge because he knew he had to go back. He had promised to go back to Artaxerxes and be the cupbearer again. And I said to them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they were, are still standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors, appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, some at their guard post and some in front of their own homes. So... He even told them, you know, don't open the gates until the sun is hot. Don't open the gates until it's the heat of the day. That way they won't be able to sneak in. They'll, it'll be too hot for them to come in. Because, let's face it, you don't like being out in the heat during the middle of the day. No one does. I mean, I know I don't like being out in the heat in the middle of the day, and I have to work in it. So, yeah, pretty smart plan right there. And he told them to make sure that he had guards at all the gates and in front of homes. You have to remember, they were trying to rebuild Jerusalem inside as well. Homes had been destroyed. They had just finished rebuilding the temple beforehand. And now they got the wall done. The city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been rebuilt. So they were still trying to rebuild Jerusalem at this time. They were trying to get people back. They were trying to get the exiles back. And it was an uphill battle for him. So he had to give them explicit orders on how to take care of Jerusalem. So that they could rebuild it and get the Jews back home. Get them back to the promised land. So they could flourish as long as they followed God's rules and regulations. And kept covenant with him. You see, that's been the whole story with the Jews in the Old Testament. They would keep covenant for a little while. Things would go great. They'd break covenant. They'd say, oh no, we messed up, God. And they'd go keep covenant again. 
and they kept this off and on pattern off and on pattern if you remember Israel means the one who has wrestled with God so as you see in Nehemiah he, they are coming back to God they wrestled with him and they, they're saying yes we submit then they wrestle with him a little more and we submit it's a recurring pattern and we see it in modern history I mean, we've had a leader just like this and our country has done the same thing we do bad we get punished we freak out kind of like now everyone's freaking out seeing what the people and officers are trying to do and now we're all wanting to come back we should just stay in God's presence and do his will that'd be the easy thing to do but when things get good people forget the ticket that was punched to get there they forget that God got them there so then we got to go through the struggle like Nehemiah had to and you see the struggles he had to go to go through the uphill battle it was rough it wasn't easy he had enemies coming from every side none of them wanted him to accomplish what he accomplished they wanted Jerusalem to lie in ruin the devil wanted Jerusalem to lie in ruin because then the prophecies about Jesus couldn't have been fulfilled and there's a ton of them so it was imperative that Nehemiah got that wall built that Jerusalem got rebuilt it was of utmost importance so that the timeline could be in place for Jesus that is the simplest way to put Nehemiah chapter 6 and the first four verses of chapter 7 Things had to be done in a certain way. God knew the plan. He gave the plan to the man he trusted the most. The man that would follow him and do as he asked. The man who would submit to the Holy Spirit and get it done. So, I'm going to ask you this. Have you submitted to the Holy Spirit? Do you do what God asks you to do every time? Or do you wrestle with him like we all do? We all wrestle with God. I've done it several times. I've wrestled with him in the past month. It's just human nature. But when do we just submit? Quit the wrestling. And let him take over. When do we be like Nehemiah? And get the clarification. And have everything go the way it needs to go. Even through the struggles. And get the job done. That's where we're at. That's what we need to ask. Because we need to be more like Nehemiah and less like ourselves. We need to stay strong and steadfast and get the job done. Get what's done that God has asked us to do. Ask him what his will is on earth so it can be accomplished. Because the will in heaven is the same as on earth. So, yes. And as you see, Nehemiah stayed in prayer. Well, that wraps up Nehemiah chapter 6 and the first four verses of chapter 7. I feel like we need to do some good news. The week's been hectic and crazy. We had the resident and chief give his State of the Union. Jeez, I didn't even watch it, but from what I've seen, it's pretty bad. So I think we just need to end this on good news. And praise God with a little bit of good news. You know, we really need to give our cops props. 
Here's a good news story right here off the Western Journal. Officer on patrol feels need to drive down street, finds unresponsive child who got a hold of fentanyl. Yes, that sounds bad, but the officer was there to take care of it. Sometimes we feel compelled to do things for seemingly no reason. I'm going to say this right now. I felt the need to do things. I know it's Holy Spirit telling me to do it. But if you don't have that relationship, you don't understand that. But we'll continue. Whether it's reaching out to someone, doing something a little out of the ordinary, or making a simple choice in a different way. Those seemingly random decisions can make all the difference. For Officer Aaron Kamash with the Concord Police Department in California, that came in the form of taking a different route back to the de department for his dinner break on March 26th. He just felt like taking a different path than usual, but soon he was grateful for that choice. It was around 9.30 p.m. as the 27-year-old was headed to the station when he noticed a car driving erratically. The driver was frantically trying to get his attention, and Kamosh told the East Bay Times that based on the driver's behavior, he thought he might be about to help deliver a baby. But it was much worse. As Kamosh got to the car, he saw a two-year-old girl unresponsive in the back seat. She wasn't breathing. He immediately began CPR, but it wasn't helping. He couldn't find a pulse, and she was growing paler by the second. Then the mother of the child dropped the bomb. She told the officer the toddler needed some Narcon because the child got a hold of fentanyl. <clears throat> it was almost like time kind of froze in my head, Kamasha later explained. It was like there was nothing else around me, no other noise. It was an extreme tunnel vision. It was like my mind was going a thousand miles per hour, but it was very orderly and my body was calm. I just knew I had to bring the baby back and that's what really... All that there was for me at that time, I was sort of out of body. Knowing what the real cause of the toddler's state was, Kamash was able to handle the situation effectively. Officer Kamash administered two doses of Narcon and continued CPR. The Concord police posted on March 29th the baby started breathing and thankfully gained consciousness. Contra Costa Fire County Fire Protection District of Medics arrived and transported the baby to John Muir Health Concord Medical Center. See, if he wouldn't have noticed that, that poor baby would have died. That's great news. He was able to save a baby and, you know, take the bad rap off the cops, which is something we really need to do. They're getting a bad rap because of a few bad apples and because of the other side demonizing and politicizing everything. This is great news. Hopefully it works in that area to help people trust them. They aren't the bad guys everyone's making them out to be right now, people. So, so thank you, Officer Kamash. Thank you very much for helping change the perspective. So let's get into another good news story. And then we'll end it for this episode. Nehemiah chapter 6, keep it simple. Now here's one about a smart pup. A smart husky pup. You know, I love animals, I love dogs. So, and they're so smart. So here's the article. Husky alerts stunned owner to what he thought was just a blanket. Helped perform incredible rescue. On Thursday evening, Terry Walsh and his Siberian Husky Hell were out for a walk in Birmingham, England. As they walked through a very brushy area, strewn with broken glass, Hell spotted something and went over to investigate. Walsh, a semi-retired engineer, thought it was just a discarded blanket, but Hell seemed very interested. To my left was a rolled up blanket under the bushes, Walsh later explained to Birmingham Mail. 
Tell lay down beside the blanket and began gently nudging it with her nose. Suddenly I heard this baby cry, Welsh said. I think it was Hell's gentle nudging and the heat from my husky's body that woke the baby up. Watch couldn't believe the little bundle contained a child. I was a bit stunned, so I quickly went over, lifted part of the blanket away from the baby's face, and it was a newborn. As I know now, I knew it was very young, he said. He spotted a woman and her children nearby and rushed over to them, explaining they would found an abandoned baby. The woman called the police and then held the infant. I kept hold of Hell, and who, who just wanted to mother the child, and waited until the police came, Watch continued. The baby settled down pretty quickly. Clearly he was cold, and the baby was getting the heat from the woman. If it hadn't been for Hell, I wouldn't have known. All I would have thought is it's a rolled-up blanket. I thank the Lord that the baby was alive... That could have been a lot worse. The baby could have been dead. Like I said, you gotta love animals. They have senses that we don't. So, a little baby was saved. Because of that sweet husky pup. Noticing it. We gotta thank God for that. Because the devil probably knew there was something special about that baby. And he wanted to take him out. Or take her out. So thank the Lord. Well, that's all we got for tonight, y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Y'all have a great day, great night, and God bless. Remember, if you liked it, smash that like button and subscribe.